What is up, everyone? Welcome to the L2R2 PlayStation Podcast. My name is Fonzie. I'm joined by my co-host, Indie Game Dev, and my UK bruv from another month, Cal Monroe. Callum, it's been a little while. How have you been? Yeah, I've been good. Yeah, I'm just um, trying to make sure that my computer behaves itself um, <laughs> just because it, it, it started doing some... You were doing some Dalek noises for a second there, but it managed Whoa. to come back round. So, yeah, all good. Just, um, yeah, just very cold. It's a bit, the weather's not the nicest the past few days, but I don't know about you guys. We had about two weeks of pure sunshine. Um, and when I say sunshine, I mean like actual heat. And <laughs> it was really odd. It was like a summer had come early, but looks like normality has uh, prevailed and we're back to the rain and the cold. So mm. uh, that's always nice. That sucks. Yeah, it's just starting to turn around here in the Northwest where we're getting little bits of like springtime stuff going on. It's getting warmer. Oh, nice. So. Yeah, yeah, although it did, stolen our, you've stolen our nice weather. <laughs> yeah, we'll take it. I mean, you guys don't, uh, you know, respect <laughs> it over there. You got to get out there in the, in the sun. But um, like it, uh, on my way to work, just like two, three days ago, there's little bits of snowfall coming down, and I was just pissed off driving because like, what are we doing? Like, we're past this already, but it went yeah. away. It was just like this little dandruff that was in the air, and then we're fine. But yeah. I think we're kind of past winter time, and yeah. I'm I'm super glad because I just hate the winter every year. It mm -hmm. sucks even more, and that wintertime seasonal depression just hits me, and I'm just like, I'm over it. I need yeah. to move somewhere where it's just constantly warm. I'm just tired of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think what well, once you get through March, because I mean, for me, I'm still not convinced that we have over here. We haven't seen we haven't seen any snow, and like I said, the past two weeks uh, have been very very warm. So um, it would be strange to get snow, but that's normally what happens. Uh, I say once March is done, then I'm confident that that's the worst of it gone. But until it's April, I, I'm, I wouldn't be surprised if it starts snowing down here because the weather is just crazy and unpredictable. And I mean, I always see like uh, on Facebook and things where it shows you your memories. Um, and like I'll look on and I'll see like four years ago it was snowing, and and then I look outside and it's like a beautiful sunny day. And it's, uh, <laughs> Yeah, really strange. But yeah, hopefully, because I'm not a fan of the snow either, hopefully it's uh, the worst is over and we can look forward to some nice days and also some freedom too, because uh looks like lockdown is ending very, very soon. So uh, hopefully that uh, will all coincide together. Yeah, it's getting better. Like there's way more stuff in the news about the different vaccines rolling out and a lot more people getting them. And there's even that Johnson & Johnson, I want to say one, where it's like one mm -hmm. shot. They need to just figure out the technology to put it into a plane and just airdrop whatever yeah. streams or fumes of yeah. you know of of yeah. uh, the vaccine. Airborne vaccine, that'd be yeah. great. They need to just get yeah. that going, or put it in the water or something. But but yeah, <laughs> so it's been a little while. Callum, you're playing some games. What you been playing? Um, so um, I'm just trying to think. So I've been playing a lot, but I want to only talk about the games that I have things to say about. So. I've been playing a lot of Remnant from the Ashes uh, on my PlayStation because it's the PlayStation Plus game. Um, what do you think about that? And uh, yeah, I really, really like it. I it took me a while to get into it. Um, I've been playing some. I've been playing it with my friends. I haven't played it on my own yet, but um, yeah, I think it's really cool. Um, I think the beginning was not very good. It, you could tell that the beginning was just tacked on at the end because the game is very complex and very intertwines with lots of different playthroughs and different 
versions of worlds you know because it, it's mostly procedural but um yeah I, th I think it's really cool as i started sort of dropping into friends uh campaigns and then them dropping into mine and and then us dropping into like a third or fourth friends campaign we've been like sort of rotating and uh because it's only three players but we've been sort of joining each other's worlds and all of that um that's where it really shines because you can do a whole playthrough and not see you know half the bosses um so joining someone else's world you might run into a boss you've never seen before uh each boss will give you like a unique weapon or a mod or something like that um and that's just a really fun gameplay loop it's really fun trying to find all the bosses trying to figure out where you're going so it's very directionless uh, in a good way you know it doesn't really tell you what you're meant to be doing it's very very dark souls inspired and in how it tells the story for its npcs and um and in a lot of other ways um but yeah i really like it it's um it's very complicated um which i quite like because i i always like co-op games that require a lot of thought and research you know we, we've been having to google a lot of things and and find out how the best way to do things and you know how to beat some of the bosses because some of the bosses are very hard and um but yeah i think i, I um i mean i've got like 60 percent of the trophies so i'm pretty much like uh, i've pretty much seen most of the things it has to offer um but yeah i'm really keep with i mean all the all of us guys who are playing we're all really keen on you know beating it all getting all of the weapons beating all the bosses seeing everything there is to see and yeah i'm having a really good time with that um it's uh yeah it's it's, it's really good fun nice yeah i have a lot of the same feelings i played for maybe about three hours with uh, my buddy uh gavin we played through pc mm -hmm. this was maybe two weeks before they announced it was going to be a free playstation plus game so mm -hmm. i bought it after he was telling me to get it which is it's fine it was like you know 20 bucks yeah. on on epic but yeah. Uh, runs really great on PC. Yeah, I was having the same uh, enjoyment that you were having with. Um, you mentioned it's complicated. It is, but it's for a dummy like me, it's like approachable. I can still kind of wrap my head around around what's going on and how to progress, what to do. Uh, I really dug the. There is allusions to like Dark Souls with the the mechanics, but I I hate those games. I like I want to love those games, yeah. and this one it was just uh, it really hit with me where I was able to yeah. have fun and still progress. And still felt mm -hmm. like even though it's challenging, I can still grind and and get through it. I love the gunplay, really dope. This yeah. world super unique too, with this uh, Lovecraftian kind of thing going on, mm -hmm. and the steampunk. Um, yeah, I want to play more of it. Uh, we were jumping into each other's worlds, and it's a really cool idea. I love that this is a free PlayStation Plus game. I think they nailed it with this, mm -hmm. and yeah. So you uh, you said you were about like sixty percent of the trophies in. Do you think does it start to repeat itself at all? Like, does it give you kind of this? you know, a satisfying progression system or does it start to kind of use the same beats over and over? Yeah, so I think it's progression system is what keeps it satisfying. So, um, you know, you, when you when you beat a boss, you'll, the first time you beat that boss, you'll get a crafting material uh, from it. And that can either get you a mod, which you can put on your weapons, or it'll get you a, a boss weapon, which will have, you know, its own mod on it or whatever. Um, and uh, the, the upgrade system which is which it have which heavily influences you know the entire game just going back to your base and upgrading your weapons and your armor um that's what sort of keeps you going because the the materials you need are tiered so there'll be a point where you can't upgrade your weapon you use all the time anymore because you need higher tier stuff and sometimes those materials don't come until you're a certain gear level and, and until uh you know you're a certain uh, you have a certain power and your stats are at a certain point or whatever 
Um, so, you know, it can tempt you to spend this, these lower materials that are basically useless on other weapons and try out different weapons and, and these different mods and things. And um, see, so yeah, I think it's progression systems pretty cool just because you, you know, you get things like traits, which are like your skill points, which you discover more and more of them as you do different things, um, which is pretty fun. Um, and yeah, so just from jumping in and out of each other's worlds, you know, we might jump into a friend's world and he'll be fighting a boss for the first time, but two of us have already fought it. So uh, he'll get that, he'll get the mods that we've already got or the weapon that we've already got, but we'll get, um, you know, scrap and materials in return or something like that. So um, it's pretty, it, it is, I think the progression system is definitely what brings you through. It's obviously procedurally generated to a point where it seems like it's large areas that are kind of, um swapped around so it's not i mean you'll definitely notice areas you've been to before it can get a little bit repetitive uh just because it only has like four worlds i think that you go to mm. um but yeah i think just the 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 want to find everything find all the bosses because um you know you might go through a door where you previously had fought a boss uh on a different world and it'll be a boss you've never seen before and that's quite exciting because you know you're getting something you haven't got yet um which i think is quite unique as well um but yeah I, I, and i think that the difficulty i don't think it's terribly hard um i think it's quite easy um as a co-op game um you know as long as you work together and you sort of understand you and you've upgraded your guns and and you know you're not under leveled or anything i think it's very approachable Although there was a boss that we fought uh, recently, which took us about two, three hours, which was very, very difficult. But um, but yeah, I mean, it's a very unique game. I, I don't really know. I find it difficult to articulate why I like it so much because it is very unique. And I didn't like it at first very much until it wasn't until we started joining each other's worlds and realizing that the bosses are unique to your world in, in some respects. And that, you know, a boss might not even be in someone's world but it might be one of the first bosses you fight in yours and um i think having the trophies helps that as well because i get to see all the bosses on the trophies and then know which ones i haven't seen yet and things like that there's lots of mini bosses as well but yeah it's a, it's a really cool idea and you can tell that because the progression system is very complicated the um just the way the game unfolds becomes very complicated when you start going to the labyrinth and you start getting very Dark Souls-esque quests where they don't really tell you what to do. Mm. Like, so you have to kind of figure that out yourself. And you get lots of characters asking you for the same thing, so you have to kind of pick a side, and, and that can result in you having to fight them. But it's not... You don't get, like, given an objective, so it's very, it's very interesting to stumble upon these sort of hooks and, and these things. Um, so, yeah, yeah, I mean, I'm really, really enjoying it, and... I'm finding it fun to play for a few hours at a time and, uh, you know, getting on, getting some good gear and finding some new bosses. And, um, but yeah, it's, it's a really great game and it's, it's a perfect free game as well, because it seems to be, have a good community of people who are, who know what they're doing as well. So it's good for new people coming in, uh, setting their game to public and, and really enjoying, um, this sort of co-op network that they've, they've created. So, um, yeah, I'm really, really enjoying it. Nice. Yeah. With the uh, bosses that you might not see, I was in the same situation with uh, Gavin where uh, he was playing with me and it was my first playthrough, but he had been a couple hours already into it. And yeah, my beginning, you know, entry point with the first boss that I encountered in our playthrough was different from his. I really love that idea. Yeah. Do you think the yeah. 
the strengths are in that multiplayer aspect of having your 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 buddies with you uh, do you think this would stand alone as a single player game or would it not have that same satisfying loop um no i don't think it has much to offer from a single player perspective i mean they they do try and do that by allowing you to re-roll your own campaign so that means that if you beat the campaign or you might get to an area where you're just stuck and you don't know where you're meant to go because you might have killed an important character or you know uh, explored very heavily throughout a world but not quite know where you're going so you can just re-roll it and, and start again and what that does is it will um level everything to whatever your gear level is um so basically every time you upgrade either your armor or your weapon it will change your gear level and that's what it bases the the sort of enemies around you on um so yeah i, I think playing co-op is it's definitely aimed towards that because getting and in, going into other people's worlds and seeing how theirs is different and even helping them out as you get more experience that can be that's always fun as well um and yeah i think it just makes it very simple in how it, it gives you weapons by killing bosses you know bosses will give you unique items that you can only get from killing them so that makes you hungry to find more bosses because you want to you know collect everything and and get these special items that will really help you out um so uh, yeah i think um the co-op's definitely the the best thing about the game. Uh, but, you know, if, if you don't have any friends to play with, you can just join other people's games, and that works just as well and ju just as fine. And um, it has a, you know, a, a nice ping system. And um, I think, I mean, I'm normally in party chat, so whenever randoms join us, we can't hear them, but they seem to always be active in, in the voice chat. So um, it has a great community. So even if, even if you don't have anyone to play it with, it's still the best way to play it by joining other people and turning yours into public so people can join you. Gotcha. Yeah, with uh, so Gavin just joined the chat asking who these nerds are. Um, but um, yeah, <laughs> we're the ones we're playing together. And I think, yeah, I mean, the, the strength is playing with your buddies if you can and just traversing this world and exploring and mm -hmm. finding these, you know, really creepy looking bosses and enemies and just, uh, yeah. you know, progressing through the system, through the, through the story and the, yeah. the mechanics rather but um yeah no I, I had a blast and i do want to spend some more time with it i don't know if gavin ever played any more of it after our time but mm -hmm. yeah great playstation plus game um i know i downloaded it just haven't jumped into the playstation version i would love if my stuff carried over but i highly doubt it with this title but well if you if you want to if you want to play with us you're, you're more than welcome i mean yeah um we, we've been playing for a while so you know we can because it's one of those games where you do need to play for I'd probably say like six or seven hours before you really start to get what the game's all about. I mean, like I said, it, it took me a while to really, for it to really click with me. And it wasn't until I joined maybe my third or fourth friend's world. And I then realized like, oh my God, this, this boss like didn't even show up for me. And mm. then, and then realizing that that boss then gave me this really cool weapon, which I could then take into my world and all the other worlds and everything. And, um, and you know the, the the first time we met like this really main character who you can just choose to fight if you like um or you can accept his quest and then you meet somebody else who's basically asking for the same thing so you have to pick a side and at first it's very um you know it doesn't really tell you much and it's very obscure so you don't really take much notice but the more you play it the more you explore the different ways you can approach these sort of quests and things the more enticing it is to do it again and try it a different way um so uh yeah so if you, yeah, if you ever want to play it with us just just let us know because i mean that just means it's another another world for us to go into and 
we should be nicely leveled to to pull you through anyway. So, um, but yeah, nice. so it's a it's a really good game, and I'm really glad I downloaded it and tried it out. That's awesome. How's it running on the PlayStation? So I've played on PC, and it's you know I'm playing at sixty frames per second, all that PC nonsense, and it you know runs great, plays amazing. But how's it on PlayStation? Yeah, yeah it runs smooth, looks really nice. There's some really cool um, environmental bits that look amazing. Again, the introduction cutscene and just the introduction in general has a has a far lower quality than the rest of the game, and I've no idea why. Um, again, I think it might be because this base game is so complex and so well thought out that perhaps this introductory ne- necessity of of trying to give you or your character relevance to the story mm. was just tacked on at the end. Um, so uh, yeah, I mean, it, it looks it looks nice. Um, it runs fine, runs smooth. Uh, my friends who are playing on PS4, they were saying they were getting quite bad frame drops. So it seems like maybe it is at least performing better on the PS5. But I mean, nothing. You know, I I, I haven't noticed anything like oh that looks really amazing, or it's running. Uh, it's probably running at maybe 30, but constant. I wouldn't say it feels quite 60, but I've had no complaints or stutters or anything like that. I wonder if behind the scenes the devs can. I imagine gain access to see how many downloads they've received on PlayStation Now mm. as a free game and to add that to their decision to go with, should we offer like a PS5 upgrade as we have mm. adopted now these new fans? Yeah. Like, I wonder if that's in play, but it'd be cool to see this, mm. you know, upgraded, whatever yeah. upgrades you can get on that PS5 version. Yeah, well, me, me and a friend, we, we've we enjoyed it so much that we end up buying the DLC because um, like a lot of PlayStation Plus games, when they come for free, the DLC they will then go on sale as well. And the two DLC packs were like four pound a, a pop. Um, so we got both of them and we meddled a little bit in one of them, but it was very confusing like the game is when you first start it. Um, the the sort of new mode, was we didn't really understand why certain things were happening in a certain way. So we decided we're going to completely beat the campaign and then probably tackle the, the DLC later when we're a bit more prepared for it. Gotcha. Nice, Callum. Any other crazy games you've been jumping into? Um, I've actually been playing the new Call of Duty, which is oh. uh, which uh, has surprised myself. Um, yeah, I was going to say and... you're kind of uh, you know like to poo poo yeah. on the Call of Duty uh, stuff, but so you're yeah. playing Cold War. Yes, yeah, yeah, Black Ops Cold War. Um, I've been playing the uh, multiplayer. I've only played the multiplayer so far. Uh, I definitely want to jump into the campaign um, and the zombies as well, but. Um, the, the multiplayer's, you know, it's fine. I'm really awful at it, which is really depressing because I used to be really, really good at Call of Duty back when um, there were like three attachments per gun. Um, and now it's just noise everywhere. Like there's like a million different attachments and they all do so much for your gun. So it's ve- it's really quite um, inaccessible for new players, which I definitely found and it's mm. quite frustrating. But it plays really well. The controller feels really nice with it. Looks nice. Um, I have been getting some frame drops at 4K in some maps, uh, which I don't know if that's down to the ray tracing um, or, or anything like that. But that's been quite annoying. Um, but yeah, it, it, do, do you know what? I, I definitely prefer it to Modern Warfare's multiplayer, as in the newest Modern Warfare, uh, just because I think the maps are are designed for multiplayer maps, whereas I think the Call of Duty Modern Warfare maps were they were trying to make them look as real and as nice as possible, kind of like Battlefield, uh, and it just didn't work for the kind of game it was. So, um, yeah, I've been enjoying that. That's been that's been nice. I think from playing Remnant and being in party chat with my friends, which I don't normally do, has just spurred me on to uh, play that with them as well. So, um, but it's on sale at the moment. It's uh, down from sixty-five to like forty-seven pounds. 
uh, which I thought for Call of Duty is not too bad. Um, so yeah, just uh, been, been playing a little bit of that as well. Um, and uh, the the only other game I've been playing is uh, Persona Five Strikers, which I've been putting like um, a few hours a night into. Gotcha. You know what? I would have thought if you're jumping into Call of Duty, you would have been more keen to try the single player, the campaign. Mm. Do you have any interest in doing that, or are you more focused yeah, on definitely? Yeah, I'll definitely be trying the campaign out. Um, I think I've sort of been doing like a few matches or so with my friends, and I'll do this. I'm sort of treating the single player like a separate game. Like once I've beat Persona 5 Strikers and once I've beat Ratchet and Clank, uh, then I might jump into it. But um, yeah, I'm definitely interested to see what it's like. They're always, you know, good, uh, you know, popcorn stories and right. um, good fun. And I'm sure it will look nice because the campaigns always look much nicer than the multiplayer uh, does. So. Um, yeah, and I noticed there's a 120 hertz mode as well, which is interesting, but I don't have a 120 hertz TV, so I might have to try it on my monitor, even though it will be at 1080p, which would be um, a shame, but it's disgusting. Yeah, it would be nice to nice to see. Disgusting, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what about the war zone? Does that ever interest you at all? Uh, I don't understand what it means, because uh, I know mm. war zone was the free-to-play battle royale and then there's like a, is there another is this a new zone like a new map or? so no it just gives really you get it. it's the same map it just gives you access to warzone uh and really it's free at standalone you could download that on its own but it's always like a part of whatever new call of duty now comes yeah. out um but yeah it's just that open world uh map with all these different little spots and it's not you know that same kind of uh, calibrated, you know, um, corridors yeah. you get from the regular multiplayer. It's just free for all where everyone gets to jump around yeah. just like, you know, Fortnite. But uh, I do have a lot of fun playing that because there's so many variances, different things that can happen with the guns being in, in you know, random spots every time and really having to watch your perimeter, you know, in 360 degrees where it's like anything can happen. Uh, I, I have a blast playing that, but I don't know if you, mm -hmm. doesn't seem like that really reaches out to you. I've played it before. Um... And I, I, I like it. I, I, I've only got one win on it. And I remember that when we got the win, it was one of like the best moments I've ever had. Yeah. Uh, it was really, really good. It, it, like, Because it kind of plays out like an extraction and it felt like, I don't know whether it was just like one of those things I'll probably never recreate again. But um, I, it, is, it is good fun. I just find Battle Royale exhausting. Just the matches are too long. Um, there's too much riding on it. Um, yeah, I just, I just find it too just consuming like mentally consuming mm. and um i prefer the short you know matches that are just contained and um uh yeah i'm not not the biggest fan of battle royale just because of how long uh, it takes to just have a match i mean especially if you do well they can be right. sort of like hour-long matches um it's the same with like the zombies for example i really enjoy call of duty zombies but i just get exhausted so quickly because you're in there for so long that once you die or once you fail i i'm not one of those people who can just go again you know i i, I struggle to play um multiple war zone matches in a row or multiple zombie playthroughs in a row just because if you do well you end up spending so much time in it and i just yeah i just don't have it in me to go again and again well if you're a player like me none of the matches last very long because i'm always dying <laughs> instantly and uh i i've yet to actually like win an actual war zone match and see those yeah. credits roll and the extraction uh looks fun but i've never made it that far but i'm <laughs> often playing alone too so that's part of it um mm -hmm. but uh, how's this doing for your ps5's hard drive because i know it's like a terabyte or whatever to download this thing onto your ps5 it's 
just ridiculously confusing because I mean that was what put me off buying it in the first place was the fact that it says minimum size 225 gigabytes which is just an embarrassing number for yeah. a game to be like it's just, and then that's why I didn't want to buy it and it's out of spite for that being so ridiculous um I've never in my life downloaded anything that big um at all but once you buy it it gives you like a list of literally like 12 different things to download because um, it shows you all the PS4 stuff. So I think, I don't know whether it's adding up a lot of stuff you don't need, but I don't think it's, I don't think it's taken up 225 gigabytes unless that's yeah. including the campaign zombies and multiplayer, which I think it might be because they seem to install separately even though I didn't tell them to. Um, so I don't know, but I did notice that I don't have any room to install another game. So I am definitely feeling it, um, and it's quite irritating. So I don't know how much longer it will last on my on my hard drive, but um, yeah, it's the 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 rumors are true. It's a rather large game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's one of those things where they really haven't explained why, and it's I think it just comes down to an optimization issue and yeah. all this clutter it's, and extra stuff that doesn't need to they, be there. They can't they can't even explain it. I, there's right. just no. It's, it's, it is embarrassing. I mean, I would be embarrassed if, if it was my game. Um, it's, I just don't understand. And I get it's a lot of content. I sure. mean, the campaign, the zombies and the multiplayer are like three different games. But I just don't, I just don't know. I don't know why. I just don't know. I just don't get it. I don't understand it. I mean, there is a lot of stuff, like there's a lot of bundles and I've never seen so many microtransactions in my life. <laughs> um, so many different things to buy. Yeah. And, um it's just the noisiest interface on the multiplayer because it's just it's constantly trying to show you these things that you can buy and these skins and these bundles and the battle pass and i mean it's it's really just an awful thing to have to see for a game that on sale i spent 47 pounds on um they it really could honestly be free to play um and they probably would make more money just down to the the the, the player base they would get from doing that so it's kind of you know disgusting in that respect but when you're in the game it plays really well um yeah. it plays much more like call of duty than what modern warfare did um the maps i think are great i think it's a return to form for the maps but treyarch normally deliver in that that respect um uh the, yeah the only problem i have is it, it they've given way too much agency to attachments and and uh, different perks and things um, and the ranking system is completely confusing. Like my friends who are really into it couldn't even explain to me how that works. Um, so it's got a lot of problems, but when you're in the game just playing and uh, and doing well, it plays well. The gun plays very, very tight, looks really nice, and the controller uh, works great too. So I can't complain too much. Gotcha. Yeah, it's it's one of those things where, I mean, yeah, once you're in that core gameplay experience it's awesome it's that's why they're you know mm. considered AAA and releasing every year like mm. they're doing that part right but when it comes to the ui or how they organize that information for the user they really don't care about like the user experience mm -hmm. it seems like they're just bombarding no. you with dlc stuff or transactions and making it really complicated to you know get your brain around what's going on unless you're fully uh into that world but even for fans that are it's like it's still you have to learn a separate language for yeah. just understanding yeah. various bits but um, yeah, I mean, that's still, I still have fun playing those games, but yeah, there's a lot that could be optimized and, and worked on, but that's cool yeah, to see you're jumping I, in I, there. 
I, I think the saddest thing is, as a fan of you know like Call of Duty Four and uh, Modern Warfare Two and all these older Call of Duties, I think that this one in particular has become like a blatant not pay to win, even though I mean it's definitely is pay to win because you can pay to get better guns and better attachments. But the fact that the attachments hold such agency over how that your guns act, like for example, um, your attachments are based. Um, your attachments dictate how quickly you aim down sights, how quickly you can aim from sprinting, how quickly you can do all of these things that completely um, uh, dictate who's going to win in a one-on-one you know, gunfight. Um, and I think that's just wrong because you play Call of Duty 4, you play Modern Warfare 2, you can run around with any of those guns with no attachments on and it'll be a complete level playing field as it should be. Right. Um, whereas on the new Call of Duty, you join as a new player, you have no attachments, and you honestly just have little to no chance of beating anybody because their guns aim quicker, they can aim them quicker from sprinting, uh, they'll do more damage, their bullets will shoot faster. Um, it's just a very unbalanced game, um, which is a real shame because Call of Duty, I think, have always done it quite well. I think they've always been well-balanced and Obviously, they've had guns that are very overpowered, but you've always felt like you have the same chance as everybody else to to do well. You know, if somebody's killing everybody with a certain gun, you get that gun out. Right. Something like that. But this is to the point where you actually need to grind a gun before it is even good. So um, that's quite disappointing. But um, yeah, it's, it's still still good fun to play. So Gavin in the chat um, says to bring back the noob tube, and I'm not sure what the noob tube is. But, uh, <laughs> it's uh, the the little schlum like grenade launcher on the, ah, the bottom of gun. But there is actually a grenade launcher in it, which I haven't used yet because I'm an, I am a noob. But uh, it must have like a hundred grenades in it, and I'm pretty sure it can unload all one hundred of those grenades in about five seconds. <laughs> um, yeah, so there is definitely a noob tube in it. Uh, I've no idea what it's called. I've no idea how you use it, but. Uh, I've been killed by it many, many times. <laughs> gotcha. And we'll end our, you know, Call of Duty rant here in a bit. But um, I wonder if it's just the entire series as a whole. It's a victim of its own success, where they have to keep innovating and adding, and you know, refreshing the the gameplay. So they keep, you know, adding these features and kind of bombarding it with with all this different uh, stuff going on. It's almost like, mm-hmm. but you can't really do a full reset because everyone's used to all these different features. And I wonder how they progress. Where do they? do some kind of like offshoot Call of Duty that is more bare bones and without a lot of these newer upgrades and then kind of keep those same fans that do enjoy all these different uh, new additions, keep them going with this new Call of Duty. I wonder how they progress forward. It's it's just a lack of competition, I think. They have no they have nobody in that FPS multiplayer mm. space. Maybe Rainbow Six Siege, but that's coming to a point now where I think that community is so hardcore because it's been out for so long that people are ready to play the next thing. Um, so I don't think they have a huge amount of competition. Battlefield, I think, trying to go down the live service route and also not sticking to modern warfare was a was a bit of an issue. Um, so I think, yeah, college, they, they, they just have no competition so they can do what they like. They can fill it with as many microtransactions they want. They can mess around with the balancing as much as they want because nothing's going to pull people away from it. Um, so it'd be interesting to see what Battlefield 6 does, which um, I'm really optimistic for for some reason. Uh, just the fact it's returning to Modern Warfare, I don't know how they could get it wrong. I think Battlefield 5 still played 
really well. It just wasn't very fun. Um, so I think it'll be interesting to see what Battlefield does and whether they can capitalize on what is quite a, a broken and unbalanced sort of game in Call of Duty. But yeah, there just really is nothing uh, that I know of that can really uh, compete with it. You're right. Really, Battlefield's the only thing on their same level. And I am excited mm-hmm. to see the rumor is they're going to they're shooting for, you know, end of this year. So I'm hopeful that they mm-hmm. they make it and they, yeah. you know, put the pressure on the studios over handling the Call of Duty franchise and, you know, have them mm-hmm. just like you said, compete and adjust and, and react to them. So we'll see how that goes. Yeah. Yeah. Cal, right. well, we can switch over to we got the PlayStation Book, Book Club happening uh, right now. We got to play uh, Crack in Time, Ratchet and Clank, a Crack in Time. And both of us, uh, we didn't get to beat it, but we played a good amount of it. And um, I know we're both uh, super positive on it. So let's switch to that, our time with Ratchet and Clank, A Crack in Time. Give me the overview of what you thought going in and, and what you think of it. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's got all of the things that Ratchet and Clank does so brilliantly, which is, you know, its level design is just meticulously crafted uh i mean every level is just a joy to explore and to find all the hidden things like the golden bolts and the weapon upgrades and everything um the weapons are great fun it's it's uh hilarious um brilliantly written um very i mean its cinematics are incredible as well it's like watching a animated film um yeah i mean there's a lot i've got a lot of positives to say about it um but i don't know where to start (laughs) (laughs) yeah same where the as far as the the story the characters we can start there um i'm in the same um same field where i love the the just the characters characters you interact with like the worlds you go to one of the first um worlds you go to that's very um foresty and kind of just bright and colorful you have these weird little alien dudes that have this kind of strange grunt right at the end of what they're saying it's just adorable (laughs) And you have to kind of gather these little children around and and get them together. I think there's like mushrooms attacking them. Um, I often don't know what's going on, but I love that world. It's just so much character and hilarity Mm -hmm. in how they unfold the story. They're they're masters at that, and uh, it's on Mm -hmm. full display with A Crack in Time. I love uh, when you get to play as uh, Clank, too. Uh, We'll get into the gameplay, but um, yeah, I think story-wise, you know, character-wise, I'm having a blast. Yeah, it's uh, it's there's not many things that do this, I don't think. But you know, as as somebody who um, you know, likes to write and everything, this is one of those things where you're like, I could never, in a million years, write anything as perfectly executed as this. I mean, from just the timing of the the funny lines, from you know, the voice acting as well, and the direction that they must be given is just top. It's proper like cinematic, like excellency in in what it's trying to achieve and um yeah it's i mean just every single little interaction even the little barks that the npcs will give off um i mean later on in the game when you go to like the city and uh they're just like you just overhear them saying things and just everything is just it's just brilliant um it's so charming um i actually think the story is really interesting as well with the the clock and um and and with Ratchet obviously meeting a friend of his father's and it sort of expands on on Quest for Booty and Tools of Destruction with with the the disappearances of the Lombaxes and everything and um 
yeah it's just it's just such a joy and uh one one, one thing i want to say about is i mean i'm sure we'll definitely get into like the space exploration as well because i think that's really great um but one of the radio stations the the pirate radio station um the music is is fantastic on it but also it's uh the the sort of radio host is rusty pete from quest for beauty Oh, really? uh, who sort of narrated a lot of of that game and and he is just i don't know who voices him but i need to find out because he is just brilliant uh just <laughs> so funny um and the music that plays on, on that radio station's great is so fun sort of just whizzing around in your ship doing all the little side quests and exploring the little asteroids and and everything it's just such a it's just such a joy to play it's so it's so much fun yeah, let's jump into some of the gameplay. So you mentioned the space exploration. There's a lot of variance in and just the gameplay itself. So you have the platforming mm-hmm. with uh, with Ratchet. You have the space exploration and, and space, um, you know, fight scenes, dog fights that you have in your ship. And then you also have Clank with his like time based puzzles and his own mm-hmm. platforming. I just love how my big takeaway is like how much different stuff you can do in the game and how it's always keeping it fresh and yeah. not spending a bunch of time or too much time rather in each different component. And it's yeah. my biggest takeaway where it's like, I want more platformers to do that. It's kind of a genre that has gone by the wayside recently, but for sure with the, the Clank, Ratchet and Clank series, like they're always trying to just mm-hmm. keep the gameplay fresh. And I love it in this one. Yeah. I, I think something I said about quest for beauty, which I was, clearly wrong about was um because it was so short well firstly i thought it was so short because ratchet and clank were separated which obviously i was wrong about because they are separated in this one but they wanted to to go into so much detail gameplay wise with them both having their own uh sort of spotlight i suppose um and so that that makes sense as to why it was as short as it was but also because it was so short quest for beauty um i it was it seemed so well paced because it was so mm. intricate and so you know they didn't have a lot of uh different levels and things like that so they could really make sure it was you know honed in perfectly but i i'd say a crack in time is paced even better um it like you said they they trickle out new uh gameplay mechanics new weapons new gadgets that allow you to interact with the environment differently um this the space exploration has its own myriad of different things like exploring the, the the little asteroids and and even they in themselves have their own little uh puzzles and and mechanics to to sort out you've got the side quests which were kind of uh similar to remnant and dark souls where just random characters will ask you for things so you'll just be on the lookout for those things whilst you're playing and um the space battles and yeah clanks time there's just so many different things that are just constantly being trickled out throughout the game uh, all the way throughout as well so you're just constantly you're just always getting new mechanics to play around with um it's just always fresh and and the story which obviously we were just talking about there just helps supplement and combine it all together and um it's just really masterfully done it's um uh, yeah I, I really really love it yeah, same here. Um, you know what Gavin does ask in the chat? Which game console is this uh, Ratchet & Clank game? So yeah, I didn't specify. So we are playing, uh, oh, well, I think we're both playing on PlayStation Now, streaming it, but mm-hmm. it is originally released in 2009 on PS3. I did pull up the Metacritic too to just get a, a, a sense of where it lies with the other Ratchet & Clank. So it has an 87 on Metacritic. So for some perspective, Ratchet & Clank, the PS4 version of that, that remake was an 85. You got Tools for Destruction on PS3, got an 89. 
and then going down to the older Ratchet and Clank uh, original on PS2 88 with Up Your Arsenal on PS2 at 91 on Metacritic. So it definitely ranks really high up with all those other releases. Although if you go down their Metacritic, I mean, a lot of them are very high 80s, 90s. There's a few that have gone to 70s, but overall Insomniac, you know, nails it with every Ratchet and Clank release. But um, you're right where it's yeah. on full display with uh, with the platforming, the gunplay too. That's some of my favorite gunplay. That's what I love about them too. They're so unique with as a dev with how they bring the different types of guns and you know, ammunition and, and secondary shooting. It's just like all these different unique ways of, of, you know, gunplay. And it's just so fun. And that's what makes it another aspect that makes it so fun to go back and play because you're going to get these unique different ways to, you know, to shoot at enemies and create different yeah. weapons and stuff. So that was on full yeah. display with Kraken Time as well. Yeah. And, and the weapon upgrades is something that I'm pretty sure isn't in any of the other Ratchet and Clank games, uh, mm. which I really love. There's, it's a really quite deep, upgrade system to the guns uh, offering you know even more levels to the way you can use them and um like you said the weapons are they're, they're all so special in their own way and they all act so differently to each other and and help you out in different ways and i always find myself uh, cycling through them when i'm in like a big combat area because they all complement each other in lots of different ways as well um which we saw which we, you see in other insomniac games like resistance where they have just this arsenal of incredible weapons um, which all are, you know, none of them are throwaway ideas. They're all very, you can tell that they've been very well thought about and um, and thought about in every single sort of enemy encounter that's been designed. Um, so yeah, I mean, it, it's uh, I, I love the uh, the 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 frog sort of gun. Oh uh, yeah, with the sonic of, thing. Of, and it breathes in and out. So depending on when you shoot, you get a more powerful burp or a less powerful one. Um, and I, it took me a while to sort of realize that you have to wait for the cheeks to sort of expand and then you press the trigger. And, right. um, which is really interesting because it's kind of, there's not really any game I can think of where you have to time when you press the trigger uh, to do more damage. And, it, and just having that as a, as a weapon is, it makes, you know, every combat encounter you use it in even more interesting and uh, satisfying when you pull off, you know, the perfect uh, timing and he burps out a bigger, a bigger belch. Um, so yeah, I think uh, it's, it's just, yeah, the, the weapons are as always a, a massive uh, uh, good point about the game. Yeah. And I think they, there were times where I was frustrated by this, but I can see why they're doing it where they do keep the ammo per weapon sort of low, but I think that's mm -hmm. incentivizing you to then switch around to those different weapons yeah. and not just relying yeah. on say like the, the standard blaster you get in the beginning. So I did, once yeah. I understood that, it's like, okay, they want me to cycle through stuff. This is cool. And then you can find yeah. different ammo uh, replacement stuff uh, as you play along. Mm -hmm. But yeah, you mentioned the, yeah. mentioned the trigger component with, you know, timing when you press it, the closest I can think of, and it's not the same at all, but it's Gears of War when you reload, there's that timing mechanism yeah. to get that mm -hmm. perfect reload, but you know, not the same thing at all. Um, yeah. Going back to the chat, Gavin does ask again, how is the PlayStation Now gameplay? I'm, I think it's running smooth for, for my entire playthrough, but have you had any issues? Yeah, I think um, I get the odd stutter every now and then, the odd delay where I'll miss a platform, but it's very infrequent. Um, I think my main problem with PlayStation Now is it, it seems to remove depth from like the, the, the visuals if that makes any sense mm. at all so it's kind of like it has this film over it um which kind of some can sometimes make it make things just not look as good make make things not look as sharp especially like edges and things like that it, it just kind of makes it look like 
you're playing somebody's YouTube video. Uh, yeah, I know what you mean. Um, and and that could be a problem because these, especially for these games, because they're they're really nice looking games. Uh, even Tools of Destruction looks great. Um, and I think PlayStation now really does remove a lot of that graphical prowess from from the games just by yeah removing that sort of depth from it which which is a shame and um i don't i can't i find it difficult to recommend using playstation now to stream games just because in my experience it's not something i can recommend but i think for me personally it's not really removing any enjoyment of the game uh too much but um yeah playing it on a playstation 3 would be the far superior option but uh, you know, considering the, how easy it is to do, how quickly you can get it up and streaming without having to install anything, that there are some benefits as well. But um, yeah, I've had some some niggles with, with using the PlayStation Now service. Yeah, I understand where I'm in the same boat where it's, they're doing a lot with offering such a huge, you know, variety of games through the PlayStation Now. It's great to just jump in. Uh, it does take a little while to load, honestly, but it does take, you, uh, you can jump in, play a huge variety of games, but there are this these issues with kind of sometimes lag coming in. You mentioned the resolution. It seems like they're trying to scale, and maybe that's what's messing with the uh, you know the perception of depth. Um, they they just need to really optimize their their pipeline or just kind of behind the scenes tweak that service a bit to to compete because they're also going up against stuff like Game Pass or um, there's a not Game Pass but Xbox is competing streaming service where it's like the the big dogs are at play now. So they have to make sure that this is, you know, calibrated to compete on that level. Uh, so I understand where you're like, I can't really recommend it just yet. It's on the cusp of that. They just need to, you know, calibrate a bit, but um, it's it's getting there. It's just, they need to yeah. keep working on that and optimize that. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Well, Cal, I don't think uh, either of us beat it, but we played enough of it to have a, a super you know, fun time playing yeah. it, uh, nothing but uh, really positive things to say. I think maybe I had little issues with the camera here and there, but otherwise it, this game still holds up. It's one of the best mm -hmm. platformers I've ever played. Such uh, mm -hmm. gameplay variances with, with uh, you know, what you can do in your time playing the game. So, I mean, I'm having a blast and I love this game. Yeah, I'll, I'll definitely be finishing it as well. Um, I, you know, I, I'm really intrigued to see what's going to happen and I, and I want to make sure that I'm all prepared for the new Ratchet and Clank as well. Um, but, but, but I mean, playing through this has, has made me even more excited for the new one. Now I know that the new one is a sequel to this series. Um, I mean, it's, it's a bit strange that it kind of leaves the PS4 one just on its own, but it kind yeah. of makes sense uh, because that was based on the movie, which was based on the first game. So it kind of makes sense to have it separate. But um, yeah, it's a, a really amazing game. And I mean, they really, they really are just... A complete um i mean they're, they're just there's, there's nothing really that can compete with ratchet and clank in that genre i mean even if you look at jack and daxter um, the first game is is great but jack two and three went a completely different route and I, and I think they they suffered for that and um i think that more games should should be like ratchet and clank i think we're, we're screaming out for more 3d platformers um adventure games um, it just so happens that Ratchet manages to nail the storytelling side of things as well. Um, but yeah, it's uh, it's it's really amazing, and um, I definitely recommend it to to anybody um, that, that hasn't played it. Nice, yeah, same here. Camel and our PlayStation Book Club conversation for the week.
and progress on to some PlayStation news. So we got a good amount here to chat about. Uh, let's see, the first one here is just really an update on some PS5 sales data, just showing the strength of the PS5 coming out of the gate. So we got this first one here is from pushsquare.com. We got Sammy Barker update on PS5 sales. February's MPD report, which tracks hardware and software sales in the United States, reveals that the next-gen PlayStation is now the fastest-selling format in U.S. history based on dollar sales across its first four months on the market. Despite the juggernaut sales of the new console, it's still getting beaten by the Nintendo Switch, which once again uh, was the best-selling system of the month. Spend across the entire industry continues to be strong as February 2021 saw a 35% bump year-over-year, year, with the video game industry as a whole tallying a record $4.6 billion. So that's $4.6 billion for the month of February in the United States alone, just to try and quantify how much was spent in video games for that month just in the United States uh, is insane. But um, how do you feel about these uh, sales? It seems like it's on track. Of course, no one can get one, but apparently some people can because it's selling so well. Yeah, yeah I think it's selling so well because scalpers are buying them by the thousands. You might be right. Uh, but no, it's, um, no, I'm sure that they would still be selling out um, even if the, the scalpers weren't, weren't around. But yeah, I mean, it's, it's hardly surprising. Um, especially during lockdown where we really don't have anything better to do than, than play games. Right. Um, so yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's impressive, um, for sure. Whether it will outsell the PS2, I get it's on track to now, but, um, whether or not it actually will is another story. Uh, cause I think the PS2 and the DVD player thing will just always, um, outweigh anything else, but, um, but no, we'll see. It'll be, be interesting to see. And, um, hopefully more people can get their hands on them because um, it's becoming more and more, you know, so many people I know desperately want one, but they just can't uh, get one. Um, and it's a real shame. Um, so hopefully that will start to um, relax and people can, can get their hands on them. Yeah, I think the only bottleneck we're bottleneck point we're at right now is just getting enough consoles out there for people to buy. I think the mm -hmm. industry is, consumers are hungry and want to grab one of these. So it's just a matter of they can't find it. So it's almost yeah. like they launched at the worst time. I mean, obviously I think a bunch of stuff, a bunch of different, um, you know, manufacturing issues happened with uh, graphics cards. There's just been the worst time for this kind of stuff, but that's the only mm -hmm. issue holding these sales back is that they just can't get enough out there. Otherwise people would be scooping these up. You just reminded me when you said graphics cards. I, I was watching you and Gavin talk about um, buying a thirty sixty or thirty seventy or something. Or yeah, he was debating one of those. Actually. Yeah, yeah. Um, can I just say, if you buy a thirty eighty and still have a ten eighty p monitor, I would not be very happy because <laughs> that is uh, that is a colossal waste of your money, and I'll be very very sad for your wallet. So please, please get a better monitor before you get a 38. <laughs> Gavin might be in that boat because uh, I don't know if, I think he's really dragging his heels on like upgrading his monitor. So, um, mm. but you're, that's a great point because yeah, these newer cards are really optimized for 4K. And so yeah, you're going to get mm. higher frame rates, but um, that even bottlenecks or like reaches a limit at a certain point where it's like, you might as well just start to upgrade or move yeah. up to a better um, resolution as well. And then you can still get awesome mm. frame rates. So you're right. Yeah. We'll see how well, I mean, you, Gavin handles that. You get like you get 60 hertz 1080p monitors, um, and you know, like a, a GTX 1660 Ti would max out that monitor. You wouldn't be able to see any performance increases with any other cards. So I'm just looking out for your for your wallets. That's all. Um, <laughs> by by telling you to buy very expensive monitors. <laughs> right. Right. 
But no, it's a great point because you have to think of all the different components in in uh, what's going on. So you have to make sure that display can handle or take advantage of the the power that you now upgraded to. Otherwise, it's like, cool. Well, what you would you really get yeah. if you have that same resolution yeah. and all that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But Gavin in the chat does say I'll upgrade if I can get that card. So he's looking to drop um, some hot dollars yeah, when he can. He's, so. he's yeah, he's he's looking to drop <laughs> some some proper money then. <laughs> yeah. Well, let's see. He owes me twenty bucks, so I should be able to get that twenty then. Yeah. <laughs> Alrighty, Callum. We can move on to the next one here. So we got uh, just uh, more interesting pictures on that PS5 development kit that was. Um, cruise around the internet way before the PS5 was showing off for the first time. We had this, all we had was this, uh, you know, these images of this dev kit wondering, is this going to transfer over to the look of the PS5? And it turns out it didn't, but at least we got some um, just further detailed pictures. So I'm going to switch over to that right now. Um, this thing is a it's beast. It's so horrible, isn't it? Yes. It's so horrible. <laughs> it's bad, but um, so I'm cycling through some of the pictures right now. It is bad. But I did like the just the weird aspect of it, and I was hoping that some of the some of the same design ideas with like the weird venting in the middle was gonna transfer over. I was on board for just something really uh, radical, and they I think they did that with the PS5. It's definitely mm -hmm. such a unique looking console, but none of this initial design carried over into that PS5 after all. Yeah, I think I mean the the fact that the the PS5 has like liquid metal cooling and and you know some pretty sophisticated thermal stuff um they obviously wouldn't want to fork out on all of that sophisticated cooling uh with these development kits so i suppose it makes sense that it's basically a pc um uh laying on its side um but yeah just i i like how this guy's put a tape measure there <laughs> but like you, but it's upside down and, and starting from a middle two, point too yeah. uh when we actually have usb ports on there which is a pretty good uh like reference for size uh anyway but uh yeah i, I was gonna like try and do the maths but i'm not very good at doing upside down maths, so i'm not, I'm not even gonna bother <laughs> i'd say roughly the width you can see the the foot point in the middle so another three inches on each side so it's like a foot and a half basically width wise I don't know how that how that transfers over to meters, but that's your. Yeah, I was going to say I, I don't I don't know what I'll put is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I don't know what meters are. So, <laughs> but yeah, we got some more info on it. Just pictures, rather. It's just kind of cool to go down memory lane because at a time this is all we had was the were these uh, grainy photos of this dev kit trying to imagine what the PS5 would look like. Yeah, and it was nowhere near what this ended up. I quite like, like the the back of it. The back looks quite cool. I like the central. It's pretty uh, clean like power port and the the big big like starship vents on the back um that's pretty cool but yeah it's just the front i don't know it just looks like a it looks like a really crappy office pc sure um like one of the hp sort of just office things um but yeah i mean it's kind of like it's, it's kind of weird because i suppose it's a development kit so it's not really supposed to look good in fact yeah. for i think it's actually a bit too flamboyant for a development kit um Right. But, uh, but yeah, it does look very strange. It looks kind of like a microwave as well. Um, <laughs> I was hoping the middle. Yeah, it's interesting. I wanted to try like a, to warm up a pizza slice. It's like a perfect shape to throw a little pizza slice in the middle. You got the heat from the vents. Yeah. Here we go. It's like yeah. an all-in-one device. Yeah. Now you're talking, actually. That's, <laughs> uh, 
that's a very American way to look at it. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I judge everything, every device I get. So can I cook pizza? How long does it take to cook said pizza? <laughs> like look at everything like, what food shape is this? <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'll move on to our next one here. We got, as I scroll down, so Naughty Dog Recruiting Economy Designer for The Last of Us 2's Last of Us 2's multiplayer mode. This is Sammy Barker of PushSquare.com. Spotted by GameSpot, Naughty Dog is recruiting for a new position to help with multiplayer gameplay components, most likely for The Last of Us 2 factions. The blurb should give you a good idea of what kind of tasks the candidate will be responsible for. We're looking for a passionate multiplayer economy designer who can help us create avenues for self-expression for our players, ensure robust longevity to our games, and give our players great rewards to strive for. The job description continues that recruitments will be required to design and tune gameplay, or sorry, design and tune game economy in progression and collaborate extensively with the live operations team to optimize economy and response respond to players' needs. Uh, Callum, if we were to, to devise, try and pick apart anything from this job title and transcend this into the gameplay mechanics and what's going on in Factions 2, can you imagine anything from this? Are they really trying to figure out how to keep that gameplay loop and that grind continuous so they keep players in that world? I, well, I think it's um, similar to what we were saying about Call of Duty earlier, where you've got the moment-to-moment -moment gameplay where you know, you're having fun, and then you have the UI where you spend you know a lot of your time sorting out your weapons looking at checking your ranks and in the last of us one multiplayer you even had that sort of meta game where you had your survivors and that sort of dictated the the games you were in and what you had to do in those games and what it meant for you know your journey which which uh, translated into your rank it was quite a complex sort of progression system but one that worked really really well um so i imagine i mean i'd like to hope that the game modes and the gameplay and the, the, the weapon balancing and all of that is done um or if not unattached to this at least um because i'd imagine this is how much xp to this level if they're going to do it that way you know how is the leveling going to work um when are they going to unlock this weapon um how are they going to unlock this how long is it going to take to do this i imagine it's that kind of thing, just sort of pacing uh, that sort of progression and making sure that it's satisfying, um, uh, which you know is important to to focus on. Um, and going back to Call of Duty again, just because it's the only multiplayer game I've really played uh, in a few years, um, that doesn't have a lot of that because you can just buy all these crazy variants of each weapon. That there isn't that thing to really strive towards or to to level up towards. So at least they're, you know, they're explaining in the job description that that's what they're trying to achieve and basing it on the last of us one multiplayer, which did it you know, phenomenally well. I can imagine that uh, this is going to be, be great. I just, I'm trying to sort of think about how far along this means it is. Um, you'd hope that the gameplay's done or at least ready to go and the, the game modes and the maps are designed and everything like that. Um, and this is just to, to make sure that the progression's fun, kind of a, I suppose, a, a kind of QA stage, um, because they're going to have to play through a lot of this multiplayer to know whether the progression's satisfying, whether it's moving at a, a good rate, and uh, you know whether weapons are being unlocked in a in a in a fair way, or or if they do go back to these sort of survivor things, you know, make sure that that the, the challenges you have to do are fair and that they scale and and all of this stuff. So hopefully that this is a sign that 
it's you know in that QA that you know testing stage they're just making sure that it's uh, rewarding and and that you know people are gonna stick around and, and play it for a while I would agree with you on that I think the content is there they just now are in calibration mode and adjusting it just like you said so there's gonna be a lot of uh, just playtime with um, adjusting all these different components, make sure they play well together and that they feel satisfying and feel fair. Mm-hmm. Um, then I wonder if they can nail a holiday 2021 launch for this. I don't know if they, they tend to, Last of Us, I know it's delayed, but tends to release, you know, later to midpoint of a year, I guess, uh, going from the last two. But I wonder if they maybe try and, you know, launch for or, or um, make sure they try and get to that 2021 a holiday season and maybe pair this with that PS5 upgrade. I keep thinking they're going to be tied together, but uh, maybe not. Maybe this is just standalone. But um, yeah, where would you imagine going off of this when they could actually launch this game? Um, I'd like to think it's it would be much sooner than than that, but I really don't know just because they've been so quiet about it. Um, I had rumors. I don't know whether they're true or not, but that, that there's going to be an Abbey DLC as well. Mm. um so whether or not they'll come paired together i don't know how true that is um but i'd I'd like to imagine it's a similar time of year that the last of us 2 came out uh last year um so yeah i'm, I'm not i'm not not 100 sure when it, it could be coming but i'm hoping for you know like a summer release or something like yeah. that um because i mean the last of us the first last of us had such a incredible multiplayer and that's coming from someone who's not a huge fan of multiplayer games um it is just it's just so it was just so brilliantly done and i just hope that they can you know they don't they don't have to do too much with this one they just need to add on to what they already did really well and and just keep it um you know grounded and intense um and you know exciting and uh hopefully they'll do that and hopefully it will be coming sooner rather than later i agree we will see uh the idea of the of Abby DLC sounds really cool. I know that her character is super divisive online, but I would love the idea of them doubling down and go, yeah, here's some more Last of Us 2 content. It's all about Abby. Here you go, you fucks. And just mm-hmm. like pushing that out the door. I would love yeah, to see that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there's a lot of time with that character that you know isn't shown. And I think they could definitely do something there. I think that's Whoa. more likely than touching um, Joel or, the la- or, uh, mm-hmm. or um, Ellie at all anymore. Mm-hmm. I think that's way more likely. Well, you've got Abby and I can't remember the the name of the the kid now. Yeah. Rem, Rem, something like that. Sounds about right. Yeah, because um, they they go off on the boat, so they've got something to explore there. I don't think Ellie Ellie goes back, you know, and walks off or whatever. I don't think I think that's best left there. I, I don't think there's anything really to pick up on there. I think yeah. it would just feel a bit a bit too much if they did that. But you know, Abby and lem or whatever their name their name is uh they're they're now going off on a boat trying to find these fireflies um there's a hook there for sure and i'd be interested to see what's going on and um i'd I'd love to you know any excuse to play more story related content on that so that that would be cool but again i literally saw it on twitter so okay (laughs) that i mean yeah i don't need to say anything else Yeah, someone's uncle that works at Naughty Dog claims that this is going yeah. on. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right, come. We've got the next one here. Square Enix presents digital showcase announced. Will include reveal of New Life is Strange game. This is Jonathan Dornbush of IGN. 
Square Enix has announced a Nintendo Direct-style digital showcase, Square Enix Presents, which is set to reveal new games like A New Life is Strange and give up updates on existing ones like Marvel's Avengers and the upcoming Outriders. Square Enix Presents will premiere March 18th at 10 a.m. Pacific, uh, 1 p.m. Eastern. The full lineup includes a reveal of the next Life is Strange series game, Outriders, Balan, Wonderworld, the ongoing celebration for the 25th anniversary of Tomb Raider, Marvel's Avengers, Just Cause Mobile, new mobile game announcements for the award-winning Square Enix Montreal Studio, and a look at a few of the whimsical games from Square Enix sister company, Taito or Taito. Um, Calum, are you excited for this? No uh, Final Fantasy news, it looks like, tied with this mm-hmm. at all? Yeah, um, that's, uh, that's interesting because, I mean, we're expecting Final Fantasy 16 news at least, um, and they've announced that new uh, Final Fantasy 7 Ever Crisis or After Crisis or something, the, the mobile game, which I think... Oh actually looks really really cool um so yeah i mean there's there's nothing really here that i care about i'm not a fan of life is strange i tried playing the first i just couldn't get on with it um and uh yeah the rest of them i'm not you know not not too interested about but hopefully they might sneak on a little bit of uh you know maybe a little chocobo or or, right a little uh emo haircut or something (laughs) to uh wet wet the whistle but um yeah, no, I mean, I've heard of Outrides. I saw you and Gavin talking about it as well, and uh, that seems like it could be something interesting. But, um, yeah, I don't know what Balan Wonderworld is either. No, yeah, it's something. But, but um, Yeah, they, 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 they just do crazy things over in Square <laughs> Enix. <laughs> they do. And I think we're seeing this a lot more, these different companies, publishers just doing their own stream, and just uh, that mm-hmm. seems like that is the way to go now. That's the future, not waiting for these yeah. big... Um, events they no longer exist yeah. because of covid but i think even after that we're just going to have these companies dropping news when yeah. they want to drop it it's like the x xbox and bethesda that i know they did a little video thing and that was pretty out of the blue and obviously had huge news um so yeah i think i think the, these companies are just doing their own thing it's probably a lot more cost effective and it, gets the exact same results um i mean we still all see it and we still all talk about it it's not like uh you know as people going oh i didn't hear about that uh that just cause mobile game because e3 wasn't on or anything <laughs> right. like that um the just cause mobile is probably a really bad example i just it was just the first <laughs> words i saw but there's one guy um, out there yeah you know people people are gonna see uh, see the news regardless of whether it's at E3 or not. So it's, yeah. it's why it's why I never understand why they show FIFA at E3. I mean, like people are going to buy FIFA whether or not it's right. shown at E3. So um, it's, it, it was already getting quite redundant. And although it's a really cool event and I love like staying up really late to watch it, um, it's not something that's necessary. And COVID's just kind of forced uh, that thought even more. Yep, I agree. All right, Kami, you did mention that Bethesda Xbox deal. We should uh, jump into that one next one to the show there because that does affect PlayStation, and that was the big question going mm-hmm. forward uh, before this this uh, deal became final, and it did last week. So we got future Bethesda games will ship where Game Pass exists. This is from Liam Croft of PushSquare.com. Revealed as part of a roundtable discussion between Microsoft and Bethesda Leeds, Xbox head Phil Spencer said titles from each of the eight studios it has now acquired will ship where Game Pass exists, not on any PlayStation consoles then, essentially. The full quote is as follows. If you're an Xbox customer, the thing I want you to know is that this is about delivering great exclusive games to you that ship on platforms where Game Pass exists. 
Prior to that, Phil Spencer once again confirms Microsoft will honor any pre-existing deals, such as Sony's timed exclusivity contracts for Deathloop and Ghostwire Tokyo. So, Calm, this is really confirming. Looks like going forward, we're not going to get any PlayStation games besides the ones that are the ones that already promised. Uh, they did mention quickly just legacy games. So, if there's like a a remaster or collection, those games may likely come to PlayStation. Say if there's like a Elder Scrolls or a Fallout collection, those could still release on PlayStation. But how do you feel about them finally locking and having these exclusives on that Xbox platform? Yes, yeah, it's, it's really interesting. Um, I wasn't too uh, sort of, because I know before this happened, everyone was like, oh my God, like, is it going to happen? Is it going to happen? But I think as long as they're on Game Pass, I don't mind because then I get them for my subscription fee of like eight pounds a month um so i was just happy that they, they were coming to game pass in in the first place um but yeah no it's a big it's a big big move i mean i think the thing is for me personally i don't think bethesda themselves like i know that id software obviously made doom eternal which was great machine games made wolfenstein which was great and they're making indiana jones and you've got arcane who obviously doing death loop but bethesda themselves i mean I loved Fallout 4. I know a lot of people didn't. Um, I didn't really like Skyrim very much. And Fallout 76 was not good at all. So I think before I get excited about what Bethesda have coming, like Starfield or Elder Scrolls 6, you know, I need to see a reason to be excited because Bethesda lost, um, you know, a lot of my sort of hope uh, back when Skyrim came out, being a massive Oblivion fan and, and and playing Skyrim, which for me felt like a big downgrade. And Fallout 4, although I really enjoyed it, definitely you could definitely tell that it was more streamlined and action-based. And then Fallout 76 was just the sort of cherry on top, uh, really. Um, so I'm hoping that Microsoft's acquisition means Bethesda will be held to a higher accountability of their quality. Um, because they they obviously have great writers, great teams, and great storytellers and world builders. They just need to make good games, uh, which I don't think they have done in in quite a while. Um, so I think the biggest get is you know id id software and uh, arcane and machine games. I think they're the big big um, gets for Xbox, and you know I can't wait to be able to download all these games as well. Like Oblivion, for example, that's famously uh awful to play through steam just because of com combatability combatability uh problems and things mm. like that so but on xbox game pass that's like a new version of it so um i imagine that'll be great to jump back into and it's just great for gaming isn't it i mean all these amazing games on this one service um and then the future games will be their day one it's it's just great and um i know that this has caused a lot of vitriol about exclusivity and people trying to pick holes in it and saying oh well you know it doesn't matter or whatever but uh or it does matter or whatever but for me i think just if like just get an xbox or get a pc or you know if you need to i know i get that they're expensive machines but you can get an xbox series s for what like 200 and something dollars and yeah um PCs nowadays are pretty much essential things to have just for life. I mean, you can you, you can do so much work and and things on them, especially working from home. And a lot of offices I know in the UK are not even going back to office based uh, working. So PCs are just one of those things that are modern day essentials anyway. So I don't think people need to worry so much about what's exclusive where and 
because at the end of the day, it doesn't really matter if if you've got that system and you can play it, then that's all that matters. And um, it's just it's just spurred on a lot more of these console war rhetoric, and it's just very boring and uh, stupid. <laughs> yeah, I wonder if the vitriol is from. It seems like it's obviously from the PlayStation fan base from those trolls anyways that are they're fine mm-hmm. with the ex- exclusives when it comes to God of War and and Last of Us all these dope games Spider-Man but now that the competition has yeah. secured some pretty substantial exclusives now there's like okay we got to talk about this whole ex- exclusivity thing is <laughs> yeah. getting out of out of hand yeah. it's like no they they're playing the game just like PlayStation's been playing the game for a yeah. long time now and they finally have yeah. something that is really big that is uh, causing consumers out there to, to now think okay which direction do I want to go but you brought up good points where yes, you can play this on PC. You can play this on also on mobile. They have that Game Pass app yeah. on on phones, on tablets. So it's like you can get this for even cheaper than having to buy a Series S, which is that that lower grade or that cheaper model now. Um, so there are a bunch of options. It's not like you're completely locked out of that ecosystem. Um, but this is what I've wanted from Xbox for a long time now. PlayStation has been playing this game where they lock these exclusives. They give people a reason to go to PlayStation. And I think that's why one of the reasons why they're so successful this last generation. Well, I've been waiting for Xbox to do this, and now they finally have, where they're giving you a reason for why you need to jump over here. They, I think they had to cover some ground and be as consumer-friendly as they could be, gaining ground on PlayStation when they were succeeding over them with PS4 to Xbox One. But now they have a reason to lock this thing out and give... Uh, just consumers a reason to buy their console in the first place because before you could play it on PC and they're allowing crossplay and all these dope things, but now they really need to, you know, put the pedal to the floor and double down on these on these uh, exclusive games. And I think it's it's awesome. It's needed to happen. Mm-hmm. And arguably, when these when these huge companies have to compete with each other over exclusives, we <laughs> win because they make these various deals. Say like Game Pass, I think was born out of Xbox having to compete with PlayStation in the first place. So I think we as consumers win when these com- these companies have to compete with each other. Yeah, yeah, I think, um, and and the, the, the other sort of things I've been seeing as well is before they announced this, because the, the, the first sort of little statement they, they released was quite, um, you know, it, it could be interpreted in different ways. Um, and you saw a lot of like, uh, you know, Xbox fans upset at the idea that this is coming to that these could be coming to playstation i think for me it just being on game pass day one is enough to attract people to xbox because i think like i said to you before i mean playstation is my main place where i play games um mostly because of trophies and and just ease of access um but if whatever bethesda game came out whether it's the new indiana jones a new wolfenstein a new doom or a new elder scrolls or fallout or whatever i would 100 percent not play that on playstation because of the opportunity to get it on game pass that is a huge draw for anybody i mean it's either paying 70 dollars or 70 pounds or not paying 70 pounds and i think that's a, a big no-brainer um and adds up quickly um so I think the fact that they are actually exclusive to Xbox is a massive get for them, but I also don't think it would have been such a problem had they came to PlayStation still. I, I get what you're saying, that they need, they, 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 you know, it'd be nice for them to have exclusives like PlayStation, but I don't think they need to necessarily go down the same route as PlayStation either, because I think Game Pass is a very unique uh, way to do things and it's something PlayStation could never compete with. Um, and so I don't think it was, 
I don't, I don't think it's the be all and end all that these games, you know, were going to be exclusively to Xbox or not because Game Pass is just a um, an, an incredible service, and the fact that these are going to be so affiliated with that is already just a huge boost for, uh, in my opinion. Um, but it's the same as when you saw PlayStation fans getting angry when Days Gone went to PC and. Like I, I just don't get this kind of tribal mentality around consoles. I, I just don't. I, I just can't fathom it. Where people are annoyed that people can experience these games on a different platform to the one they prefer. It just and that that's the kind of thing I didn't understand when all these Xbox fans were saying, "Oh, I hope that doesn't mean these games are going to PlayStation." It's like, why do you care? You're going to be able to play this game on your on your xbox on game pass day one right. why do you care about who can play it elsewhere it's just such a baffling thought process but um but no I, you know like i'm glad i'm glad they're exclusive because then all these people can stop moaning about it and <laughs> worry but uh, but no it's, it's 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 really cool it's it's just interesting i mean to see these things happen um it's just interesting to watch and and see and it was we'll see how Bethesda do and how these studios do under Microsoft sort of um, supervision and with with all their money as well. So um, it's really exciting. I'm really excited to see what's what's going to come, what new games are to come because uh, we don't really know. You know, Microsoft have do have all these exclusives now, but we don't even know what they are, which is even more exciting. I think. Yeah, the next coming years are going to be incredibly exciting for Xbox because they've been having all the stuff cooking in the oven, acquiring all these devs for the past you know two three years, and now we're going to start to see some of this stuff come to fruition. Then you have the Bethesda acquisition thrown in there and what they've been working on behind the scenes. So it's going to get pretty nuts, and I'm I'm here for it. Uh, I was going to put some attention on Gavin in the chat. He mentioned, I appreciate that Phil Spencer made their terms very clear. Yeah, it was, it was nice to finally put that stamp on it because it was, like you mentioned, vague in the beginning. There's a lot of uh, curiosity, wonder, and now we officially know going forward it's going to be on Game Pass, wherever Game Pass is too. So that's part of the next issue is that do we see Game Pass go to crazy places like Switch, which has been rumored for a long time. I feel mm -hmm. like it's insane to see to uh, a future where we see it on PlayStation, but this Game Pass service, as long as you have that, wherever that may be, you have access to all these games. So it's just a matter of what are they going to launch this on next? Yeah, it's. Um, I think if it came to Switch, it would be really great. I think it would make sense on Switch just because Nintendo are just so in their own bubble, um, you know, not having um, modern internet capabilities and things like that. Right. <laughs> um, and not putting their game. No, I'm daily joking. They, but I think Nintendo are just very, they're just so bespoke and people just always love them and their fans are just so diehard. And, um, you know, they're, they're even, even though they, they always use the same sort of franchises and everything, people still love them. And they've got a massive JRPG uh, list, which is actually what's attracting me to get one. Um, you know, these oh. games are bravely default and, um, and all those kind of things. And there's another one as well. I can't remember. There's so many, and they're all they've all got really weird names, but they're all sort of Nintendo exclusive. Um, but I think Xbox would work well on there because a lot of these games aren't on Nintendo and won't ever be on Nintendo Switch. So it, it makes sense. Whereas I think if it's be put on PlayStation, it'd be very messy, like semantics wise, because you've got you'll have two versions of these games uh, on the PlayStation Store and then on Xbox, and it will just be. Um, a bit of a mess, and obviously it, it takes away a huge amount of uh, you know revenue from 
PlayStation as well, where it stops them from being able to explore their own yep. uh, way. I mean, that would be great for me uh, if it was put on a PS, it was put on PlayStation, especially if I could get the trophies on those games, because that would be uh, that would be just perfect if, if I could do that. I would never leave the house again. Um, but yeah, we'll see. We'll see what happens, and um, maybe they should just fold Xbox and just call it Game Pass. Uh, and, and just do that because that would just make things so much tidier uh, and easier to, to handle. <laughs> yeah, that's you brought up an interesting fold to the whole idea of them going to PlayStation and at some point where you download that Game Pass app, you have access to those games, but those are still Xbox games that you were then streaming or playing. So mm. do trophies even pop at that point or do you, yeah. do you actually earn um achievements rather achievements, on your playstation yeah. but but it's only yeah, through that that's what i mean app. i think it would be just such a mess to yeah. i just don't think anybody would even not 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 out of affiliation to a company or anything i just think they just can't be bothered to <laughs> think about like in their head like how that would work like um, yeah and it it's a business really issue too just, yeah it would just be really confusing um and i already get confused by the ps5 ui so i don't need it <laughs> another uh, portal to yeah get through yeah. <laughs> although yeah on switch i think it'd be perfect there because a lot of those the switch the switch is struggling to keep up with these different ports and getting these games to work on switch and there's rumors of a switch pro coming out this year but we'll see how that happens but if not the best way to get these games on switch in any form is just by through game pass with streaming the actual games and not needing to play them physically i guess it's more x cloud territory but if you could then you know stream to your switch you don't have to worry about the performance level it's just streaming that that game they have access to all these games it gives the switch more legs although it doesn't need it because it's selling outselling everyone every month so it doesn't really matter there but yeah it could just uh you know offer another library of games to switch users and it could just you know improve those sales further so it's going to be interesting. We're in the very beginning of it, but it's going to start to heat up with these uh, these console battles now. Yeah, I mean, I just want trophies on everything, really. <laughs> if 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 Nintendo Switch had trophies, I would be all over that. Um, I, I don't know what it is about them. I just I just really really like them very very much. Yeah, the meta game, you know, aspect of it of yeah. pursuing a task and getting that little reward on top of yeah. doing the thing. Yep, I hear you. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, and I think having, I mean, with Game Pass, I think because the games are, are free, essentially, um, I don't mind playing it. I, I don't mind playing games on my PC. I mean, I play games on my PC all the time. And so it's not a complete tether where I won't play it because it won't have trophies. Um, but it is a big draw for me. And it is a big deciding point on what platform I'll get this game or get a game. Um, but I think with Xbox Game Pass, that trumps the tr the whole trophy thing because i prefer free games over trophies that's like my list of priorities uh free and then trophies yeah um and then everything else <laughs> um gavin does ask another interesting question so game pass do we see game cap game pass come into stadia or amazon streaming service uh, much in the way ea play did yeah so ea is um transplanted onto playstation and xbox uh systems as well do you think we could see xcloud come to game pass or or not x uh, game pass come to stadia or amazon what's uh what's stadia so <laughs> jesus <laughs> <laughs> no yeah i mean i think i think if uh i think if stadia is still around uh when that's that a big was made, yeah then, then maybe um yeah i think i think in in insertion i think they're good platforms to aim for just because again they're not really they're struggling to 
really have put their own stamp anywhere so they could just be used uh as like a, a an avenue for more people to access it but i'm not sure i mean is there anybody who only has a stadia or only has um an amazon whatever that even is the amazon thing yeah their is streaming it, service like, i forget the name of it it's like pearl or some kind of short name yeah but yeah i think you're right i don't think they're is one user out there that just has a streaming device like say the stadia or amazon thing yeah. it'd be strange to just go that route um yeah because yeah who and even if there is they need to if, if there is someone who only uses stadia they need to take a good hard look at themselves <laughs> and, and sort out there, sort themselves out yeah maybe they were mugged and all their stuff was stolen and they just <laughs> left the stadia behind and that's all they got yeah, I, can understand well, that. I, don't, I don't want that i don't want that <laughs> <laughs> that's torture yeah we're gonna take everything but we're gonna leave you your stadium yeah. it's like no just kill me just, just a, don't leave you. just a completely empty house with a stadium <laughs> still yeah. they didn't even have a stadium before they were <laughs> oh that's diabolical <laughs> all right callum we're at the end of our show here we can end it there for the week where can they find you online uh twitter at bear munro is where i is where i uh lurk yes and you can find us as well on Twitter at Plastic Art Pod. That's it for us this week. We'll see you guys next week. Bye-bye. See you later.